Welcome to the Social Witnessing Podcast, observing the world from a nice, safe distance. All right, episode 17, Social Witnessing, with our guest tonight, Shannon Halliday. What's up, Shannon? How are you? I'm good, thank you. Hello. How are you doing? All is all is all is well for me. So it's you, Yannick, and who else? Yeah, it's Yaniv and Michelle. Yeah. Hi, uh, hi Michelle. <laughs> um, so we were introduced to you through a mutual friend and um, a friend of the podcast, actually, Talia. Yes. And her description was uh, she's a photographer who works in the environmental sector, which a very <laughs> which is a very interesting introduction. That is, that is, that's, that's nice though. I, I think of myself as um, more somebody who works in the environmental sector and the clean tech, who's aspiring to do more photography. Well, we saw a couple of pictures on Instagram that you did with um, fellow uh, podcast mm-hmm. guests, uh, Amy and Sam and, oh, and their kids. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. I um. I, I was told recently that I um, was a photographer who took pictures of people's souls. So that was a that was a fabulous compliment. Yeah, that's something you want to hear as a photographer. Uh, absolutely. Talia and Nick have been really great with me because they've been my guinea pigs. They were Talia was my first maternity shoot and first newborn baby shoot. Oh wow, nice. Yeah. So awesome. so that was great. So we'll get into all that because you you also told me a little bit about the stuff you were working on now, which is really interesting. We'll get into that. But first, we usually like to ask our guests kind of for uh, a background on how COVID has affected them, kind of where they're at, uh, what it's been like the past couple of months, and just kind of any general update on on what life is like for you right now. Well, I'm, you know, I'm feeling a lot of gratitude because life is is pretty good. Um, we've got, we live in a house in East Vancouver, so we've got a yard. It's my, um, my husband and my son who's nine years old and our two cats. Um, and so we've got, you know, a small, but three level house and fabulous neighbors and we're all healthy and we both still have our jobs and we're, um, we're both working from home. And we decided early on that we were going to have the household across the street be our COVID buddies. And so my son has had a playmate through this whole ordeal, which I think he's one of the kids that's loving this. (laughs) He is just, he's got to, like, we're doing a lot of homeschooling, which is a major challenge to say the least, but mm-hmm. um, but he's had just way more freedom than he normally has. There's very little scheduling except for of the, you know, of the school time and the homework. And then he's got just a ton of free time and a ton of time to just be a kid. Like, like when I was a kid where there was very few things that were structured and you got to play outside a lot and make things up. And he's been... Um, He's been in the backyard with uh, with some of Nick and Talia's bamboo, being doing sword fights and uh, Star Wars fights and like well sometimes against me or my husband, but mostly I just watch him out there doing these things on his own, and it's like it's great. 
so so we like i am just super grateful that we are living a pretty good covid experience um of course you know working working from home and now being a full-time homeschool teacher is um is pretty exhausting <laughs> and, <laughs> and so it's like we we've got two you know it feels like i have two full-time jobs my son goes to a francophone school and so my husband doesn't participate much in the homework um that being said he has really upped his game on the cooking front which is really great um so that i'm finding tough it's like i have a lot less time but a lot mm. less noise there's mm -hmm. so much less noise and i i am really loving the less noise part yeah how did you um how did you get the family to work with you and to like do COVID together? Like, did you set up rules? Did you talk it out? Or you're our first person who's actually really actively doing that. That's like a plan of ours, but you're <laughs> our first person who's actually doing it. Well, we, um, so I'm not sure how it happened really because my son and so we've lived across the street from these people since 2009 and uh, my son hadn't played much with their son who's two years older and and all of a sudden it just uh they just started playing together and i can't remember if it hit just sort of before everything hit um and and we decided just as lockdown was happening that since they had been playing together maybe they could still keep playing together um and and then and then we decided like early like the first week we had a lot of conversations that sounded like okay, are you guys seeing anybody else? Or like, it was, it was like, a, kind of like, are, are we like exclusively dating here? Or, or is there still other people involved? That's the thing is if, if you're going to, if you're in full kind of lockdown mode, then you need someone obviously who's doing the same. Yeah. And so we were you know, very upfront about that. And, and they, I think were just as worried as we were. And, and so that's worked out great. And today, in fact, I saw another little boy show up on his bike and he was, you know, he was socially distanced, but immediately like my little <laughs> radar went off. I'm like, who's this kid? <laughs> what's going on and so I had to uh, I had to text our neighbor and and just make sure that you know that this kid knew was okay with the social distancing and they were only playing on their bike and yeah fire but, off some warning shots pretty much. It, was, it was a bit of sort of like uh-oh who's that and so how's you How's your son found it? You said he's doing well. Um, is it just the lack of school that he's enjoying, or is he just a homebody naturally? Uh, yeah, he's a he's a bit of a homebody. Um, my both my husband and him are homebodies. Once you get them out, they're great. Um, but I'm often I'm often the one that says, "Okay, let's go have an adventure," and and and. <laughs> And my son is like, I don't want any adventures. I hate adventures because <laughs> they usually involve long walks in forests or something like that. And, and as soon as his radar is just on full, full blow, and as soon as somebody mentions the word adventure, he's yeah. like, you've hauled me around one too many forests, mom. I'm not going. <laughs> <laughs> 
the photographer in you. <laughs> like, let's get out there. Yeah. yeah so he's, um, yeah, he's doing well. He's, you know, he's seeing his friends through the chat time um, with school. So he's got like regular, regular chats with his teachers and his classmates and stuff every day. Um, and I think it would be an entirely different situation if he didn't have a COVID buddy. It would be mm -hmm. just a different can of worms. We have um, friends up the street and and he is really struggling. They don't have a COVID buddy and he's, yeah. he's an only child. And it's just, it's really hard. I think there's a lot of ups and downs in the household for everybody. Because, well, as you know, your parents, when your kids are sad, you're sad. And, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so we we are just super aware of how how blessed we are to have this situation. Yeah. Yeah, it's very fortunate that he's, you know, I, I think around like nine, like nine, ten, you, I have vivid memories. Like I can really remember things from nine, from nine and ten. So at least he's having a positive like a positive experience has he has he like talked to you about it at all other than like the way he behaves has he said it like has he said anything does he understand like the gravity of what's happening right now um he does and he doesn't early on I remember he said you know when he, when they were at school and this stuff first started coming out he's like oh mom COVID is enrichment. It's only enrichment. We, <laughs> we don't need to worry about it here. And, and my first thoughts were wanting to educate him and, and let him know that it's not just Richmond. And, yeah. and I, um, and, uh, and I talked to a, a girlfriend of mine, who's a grade five teacher. And she said, you know, if he thinks it's just enrichment, that's great. Our kids have so much anxiety now anyways. You know, the less this is, uh, somebody else said this as well. This is a, oh, I think it was Glennon Doyle, in fact, who's just written this book called Untamed. And she said, this is a problem for adults. And kids, right. you know, kids, kids shouldn't be needing to worry about this. They, they should know that they have to be, you know, keeping on washing their hands and, and keeping their distance, but, but leaving the worrying for adults. And so she was great. She said she was describing it as, um, as, you know, when you're a flight attendant and, you know, the plane is going through some turbulence and everybody is looking, um, at the flight attendant immediately to see what is his or her reaction going to be. And, mm -hmm. and if they start to panic, well, then the rest of the plane starts to panic. And so she was like, Glennon, keep handing out the freaking peanuts. Just keep, <laughs> keep handing out the peanuts. <laughs> and I, that, that was just like so good for us, for, for what us adults could do with the kids is keep handing out those peanuts. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a struggle. And it's actually something I went through today. I haven't even had a chance to tell Michelle about this, but when she was working today. So I was hanging out with her son, Parker. And I don't know even how we got onto it, but he just, he's so inquisitive. And, and so he just seems to understand so much. And he's, he's only just about to turn seven. And um, 
he started asking, somehow we got onto the topic of the vaccine and what happens when they do get a vaccine and will people need to get shots and what does that mean and will everybody get shots? And as I'm trying to kind of navigate all these questions that are coming at me rapid fire in my head, I'm having this whole other conversation, like how much of this do I tell him? And the, uh, we've always been very honest and very upfront with him. But in this situation, it's kind of like, where, where's the balance and of making sure he's, you know, calm enough through it and but also uh kind of understanding and getting his his concerns answered yeah yeah absolutely we i mean we have it's not been perfect we have had moments of i hate covid i want this to be <laughs> over <laughs> and so he has had moments um and they've just been a lot fewer than than i think other families and so i've heard you guys are in an apartment downtown which is which is totally different because you've got so many more people around. Yeah. 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 We're actually, today was a big day. Michelle went out and looked, looked at a house um, and kind of anywhere that has a lot of the, the amount of space we want in the backyard and all that and is in the right price range is mostly out of Vancouver. Right. So this one was in um, Surrey and we're looking at another one in Tawasin. So it's really kind of getting out there compared to where we are now. But um, it seems worth it at this point because uh, apartment living doesn't really seem sustainable if this is going to go on as long as some people expect it to. Yeah, it's hard, right? I um, So my husband is why we're living in this house because I also have a stepdaughter and she is 28. And when we first met, she was 13 and we got married um, when she was 16. And needless to say, we were living, I had an apartment in Kits, and my husband had a townhouse in Kits. And as most people know, selling two places in Kitsilano gets you nicer furnishings. It does not get you a nicer house or a larger house. <laughs> and, and so we quickly decided that we really, if this family was going to work, we needed to have some separation where, you know, Justine, my stepdaughter could, you know, have her space and we could have some neutral territory and, um, and then we mm -hmm. had bedrooms upstairs. And so I had never wanted to leave, um, leave Kitsilano. And I was very happy with my apartment um, and loved, a, like, I, I was very happy with apartment living. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. um, and so I've always, until this hit, I've been kind of, well, I've, I've been missing my, you know, being able to walk everywhere. You can walk a lot of places from here it's just much, it's just further and you're further from mm -hmm. walking to the water and stuff like that and so this has been interesting for me and my husband's you know doing the celebration dance every minute because he loves living here <laughs> <laughs> and I've always been pining for Kitsilano and the beach and the close shops and stuff and so yeah. it's 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 been um a moment where I've really appreciated having the extra space I must admit yeah, and just being able to leave your home without having to worry about encountering strangers. That's yeah. Like we did we have brought our son down once to our courtyard here. And even that it's become a bit stressful for him because we have to wear our masks and then you know go we take the stairs instead of the elevator. And then by the time they get out, it's just kind of stressful. It's like, don't touch your face. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
it it is i found every time i've gone into any of the stores i i walk out of there really feeling stressed out and um mm -hmm. my husband's done a bit more of the shopping now and i i went i've been to some stores and some stores do it really well and some not at all and today i'd wanted a book on amazon and i'd um, and I'd ordered it and then they canceled the order after a month. Um, so I never got my book. And then I called Pulp Fiction um, because I knew they, they ordered books sometimes. And turns out they had the book in stock. And so I paid online and I was, so I, then I just had to go and pick it up. But then I got there and they wanted me to sign the receipt. <laughs> I'm like, oh. I paid because of this. I, just, I didn't want to touch anything. I wanted to open my bag. I wanted you to drop the book in. I don't want to touch yeah. I don't want to touch your paper. I certainly don't want to touch your pens. Like, what the heck? <laughs> it was it was so funny. And then I had just emptied all my pens out of my bag. And and then I was like, oh, fine. I'll use hand sanitizer as soon as, soon as I get out of here. <laughs> But I just all of a sudden I felt like I felt like I'd had everything under control. I knew what I was up against by just going to this bookstore where I had prepaid so I could just not have to interact really with anybody. And and then it was like the <laughs> Yeah, and it's like a battle of two worlds right now because everybody who's like quarantining really hard has got kind of a, this anxiety about the outside world and everyone who's still out there every day must be like this is ridiculous like we're out here literally every day interacting with dozens of people and we're fine <laughs> are you <laughs> are you you are until you're not exactly, exactly. <laughs> i have my um my mom and dad live out in langley and and i was um i've been trying to go i haven't gotten the last last couple of weeks but I've been trying to go on the weekends and part of it was to just you know when we have our socially distanced visit my mom has got some memory issues so she can't really understand why we will not go in the house um, but we keep mm. our you know we keep our distance apart and they're on a they're on a small farm and I tell my son if you have to go to the bathroom it's behind the barn go behind the barn <laughs> and, um, and my my dad part of it was my dad kept on going out to stores and he's like oh well, I went to Walmart and Superstore and Costco and I'm like dad you're 78 you have to stay home yeah. like and, and so I felt like going there and visiting and bringing them some food and um and just giving them a bit of like social outlet then I felt it sort of stopped my dad from going out. Also, the the lecture in person of how he shouldn't go out. <laughs> but then one of their best friends um, got sick. Him and his wife both got sick, and and he went um. into intensive care, and he almost died. And and his wife got very sick, but didn't end up going into hospital. And that has helped him stay home a little bit more. I think it just brought the story a little bit closer because I think he was mm -hmm. feeling pretty invincible. Yeah, we were talking about that too. Like if it if it's like a friend of a friend, like for some people, until it's really close to you, it's kind of hard to believe. Like we see so many things on the news. Everything's always doomed, yeah. you know? So it is. How do you How do you believe that it's actually happening when it's not really happening to you? But yeah, for us, we had we had a scare close to us. And that's kind of, Yumi was like set up to go. And that's kind of what brought me back in line. But yeah, even now, I, I see people struggling with it. Like, it's getting tough now. Like, people are ready to get back out there. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And and even me, you know, where things are, things are pretty good. 
I go through major ups and downs. And, and there was mm-hmm. a joke early on that I read somewhere, I think it was Instagram, and it said, either I'm coming out of this COVID thing 20 pounds lighter with all my craft projects done, or 20 pounds heavier and a drinking problem. And yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm definitely in the latter. <laughs> well, I was doing so good. Like I was, it was really touch and go. It was like 50-50 and for, for quite a while. And now I am solidly on 10% craft projects and 90% like... <laughs> drinking <laughs> drinking and, and like chocolate all of a sudden yeah chocolate yeah. is an essential service and red and red wine <laughs> well it's just like even beyond the anxiety which is kind of where my drinking originated for the most part now it's just getting to like just stir crazy and you're bored and you it's like groundhog day the movie you just wake up and you're like this again i'm stuck here doing literally nothing just mm-hmm. Every day is just like melting into one another. You're like, what day is it again? I have no idea yeah. if it's Tuesday or Friday. Right <laughs> my, now. my son did say to me the other day, he's like, mom, you're way less grouchy when you meditate. You should really meditate every day. <laughs> That's big facts, as the kids say on, on, on social, big facts. Yeah, I thought that was pretty hilarious. <laughs> so true. And yeah, that that's. I, I really find that too. And I spoke about it uh, two days ago when I was doing my solo podcast where like meditation really, really kind of takes the edge off. And yet it's like the, this weird thing where your brain doesn't want you to do it for some reason. It doesn't like the silence. It's constantly fighting against it. But when you manage to overcome that, it's 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 really a game changer. Yeah, it's just that it's that noise. It's getting through the noise. Yeah. And so I want to, because yeah, we, we've gone off a little bit, but I want to get back to some of what you do, because I'm really interested to hear about, uh, as, as we heard it, the environmental sector. So what does that actually mean? What, what kind of work do you do? And can you tell us about, um, you messaged me that you were recently doing a webinar for high school girls. Maybe talk a little bit about yeah, that sure. as well. Yeah, um, sure. So, so I've been working in in clean tech and renewable energy since about um, 2002. I did my, my, um, my master's or my MBA thesis with WWF in Geneva around cause-related cause marketing. And I was always, you know, I'm, um, really, really into my animals and I grew up on a farm. And um, so, so the WWF uh, thesis was really good fit for me. And then when I moved back to Vancouver, I, I decided, you know, I was trying to get a job here and said I was a tree hugger that liked technology and um, got into the fuel cell world and, um, and then started doing more renewables. And eventually I worked for a tidal energy company for quite a while. And now I'm, it's, it's kind of a weird job, but I, um, I was, the government of Quebec found me to um, represent them here, mostly in the clean tech sector and open an office. And so now I help companies from Quebec uh, do business and get, make partnerships west of Quebec. So including the territories and, um, and Ontario and Alberta and, and stuff like that. And, um, and it's, mm. it's been a bit of a character building experience for me to do business with the, uh, the energy sector in Alberta. Um, 
oh, and being yeah, yeah being from right. BC and representing <laughs> Quebec and there's like there's a lot of amazing things going on in Alberta and I've been going primarily for wind um for wind conferences and so anyways I was invited um to talk about clean tech and renewables for a group of um a group of girls high school girls between grade 10 and grade 12 looking at um, STEM programs for university. So there was there was a whole bunch of people on um, on the webinar from different aspects of STEM from like there was uh, children's psychology or I think it was children's psych uh, children's neurology, um, wildlife, some wildlife stuff, some molecular uh, biology, all sorts of different things. So it was it was really neat to be part of that. And did the girls seem were, were they engaged? Because um, it's a strange time, obviously, for them to, you know, for for kids to having to have to go through some of the most the more regular stuff that they would if this hadn't been going on. Um, how how did well, they seem it, to you? There was no interaction with them for me, so it was it was a bit tough. Oh, okay. um, because I was just speaking with before it was going to be held at SFU, so it was going to be you know an in-person conference where where the students could see you and ask questions, and so now it was a YouTube live, and they can see you, uh, but the questions weren't really coming through. I noticed, and so I was just speaking mm. to the um, the one of the women or one of the yeah one of the young women from. Um, from one of the high schools who'd who'd helped to organize it, um, yeah. Since okay. I've I've gotten contact with some of the speakers, which has been which has been fun, and I know the students are you know more than welcome to reach out to me if they had any questions. And in fact, um, Maya, one of the people who organized it, might be interesting for you to have on the podcast sometime. Because oh, she's because uh, it's that's yeah. it's it's pretty amazing for you know, somebody in grade 12 to organize this conference across STEM, tech, like STEM areas with all these different people. And, you know, she, she, I mean, people pay thousands of dollars to go to conferences like that. <laughs> and so she did it really right. well. Yeah, it would definitely be interesting to get even kind of that age group, which is, you know, most of everyone we've had on is in our, our same age group. And it'd be really interesting to hear the story of, someone in that age group going through this experience and how she's sounds like flourishing yeah well I'm, I'm I really don't know but she certainly certainly was well organized <laughs> I, I don't know I have no right. idea how she's how she's doing doing but she was certainly right. able to yeah. um to produce things during this period <laughs> which is more than a lot of yeah, us are doing yeah <laughs> i have i have colleagues who are who are in their apartment by themselves and, and the amount of work that they're like throwing out is just incredible and and i'm thinking you know i'm working at like nine at night i'm working on the weekends but i'm certainly mm -hmm. i'm interrupted all day <laughs> and, and this is mm -hmm. this is not yeah. the uh the the most high performing i've been in my life that's for sure no and it's interesting to think of how it would be different without kids. If you were someone who didn't have kids right now, 
whether you know you'd be flourishing more or less because there's both sides to it I Mm -hmm. think it's amazing to have this time and so many of my daily experiences I wouldn't trade for anything but it's different than what it would be like yeah and and depending what you were going through before this hit and be and what's in your Mm. you know what's happened along your life journey because because this this brings up a whole a whole bunch of stuff for a bunch of people so all of a sudden if you're isolated and and you've had some stuff then then obviously your productivity is not going to be high <laughs> i i was joking with someone i said i thought i dealt <laughs> <Yeah>. with this <laughs> why is this an issue i know i know i'm oh um i'm becoming a little bit addicted to sort of my female gurus on instagram and those are like, I don't know if you, well, Liz Gilbert, you know, she wrote Eat, Pray, Love, and Glennon Doyle, who's written Untamed, which once it sits in my backpack for a day, I'm going to look at. Um, the Holistic Psychologist and Mel Robbins. These are like my female gurus that are kind of helping me mentally through times when I'm having my ups and downs. They're, uh, they're so good. Yeah. Yeah, and they must be, flir- well, maybe if not personally, at least professionally flourishing, because I think everybody's looking for some answers or some anecdote to, to what how they're feeling and must be, yeah, must be a good time to, if you feel inspired to inspire others. This is a pretty yeah, good time but at the same time, I, I was just listening to something by Liz Gilbert, but not feel obliged to do something with this time. And and a lot right. of there's a lot of pressure going on to do something with this time. Like, you know, I've I've sort of felt that I should be doing more with photography and and stuff. And and I'm like, who am I kidding? I'm, I'm barely have any time in the day right now. But I have been um, all of a sudden I've I've been doing some painting. I am a highly motivated, very much not talented painter. And, and so I've been I've been painting cards and painting flower pots and painting rocks. We finally had a memorial for our cat who died two years ago and painted all these rocks. And we had our COVID buddy across the street come over and, and we had a little service outside where we talked about what we loved about the cat. You know, these are the kind of things that we've been able to do. But <laughs> I, I actually really love that. I hadn't even thought of that. Like I've all I felt is pressure to do something during this time. Like use this time. It's a gift. And sometimes all I want to do is lie down and watch TV all day. But I feel so much guilt. Yeah. Well, I think I think the key is that that we just have to let that go. And as she said something about making an art table or an art trap. So she's turned her table into a, like, she's put all her art supplies on her table and is now eating off her lap. So every time she walks by, it's like a no-brainer to draw a little sketch or do something that it doesn't need to change the world. And it's just what she does to find calm, because that's what she did as a little kid. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly what I'm finding. I'm doing these little craft projects that and little drawings like I did as a kid. And they are kid quality, I'm telling you. But it is, there's something about it. My my brain just turns off and and it's great. I'm loving it. And the other thing I'm loving, and which kind of makes sense, but um, for, you know, because I'm so connected to environment, is I've been, you know, planting a lot of things. And um, 
super mm -hmm. obsessed with watching my orchids in my house <laughs> and um, and I do not have a green thumb. I generally, I like plants that can handle monsoon and drought. Um, and cause I yeah. forget and it's yeah drought and I remember and it's monsoon. Um, but now I've planted a few things on my balcony and, and I'm just obsessed with going out and watching these green things grow. And I just don't know if I had that, that, um, space to do that before. It's, yeah. Yeah, I want to um, ask you a little bit more about the um, the webinar you sure. did with the high school girls, because I'm interested if there's anything kind of what you were sharing with them more specifically, and if there's anything in that that kind of the rest of us can take away. I'm sure is. Um, well, generally, for them. Um, I don't. I mean, this sounds a little a little out there, but I just feel the earth is breathing a little easier during this time. And it just, mm -hmm. it just, there's like, I just feel this huge relief that things have slowed down a little bit to allow mother nature just to, just to come back a little, you know, with the, with the things that we're seeing in um, the animals we're seeing in Venice and the, um, the other animals that are walking around the streets and the fact that people in the Himalaya or in India can see the Himalayas and they haven't seen them for 40 years because of air pollution and, and these just beautiful stories of, um, of basically the earth breathing a little easier. And so um, mm -hmm. when I think of, of renewables, you know, I have, you know, I see a wind turbine and I feel great hope for humanity. And uh, we talked about, you know, not all, not all renewables are the right, are right for all areas. You know, the oil and gas was easy um, and you didn't have to do much figuring it out. And now we just need to figure out well, what kind of renewables are going to um, be powering our, we're giving the electricity for our vehicles and such and, and what makes sense where and, um, and talking about, you know, some of the challenges that there's still challenges around storage, but I'm, those are getting better. And there's many companies that are working on this stuff. And I'm feel very optimistic that, um, things are, things are improving like wind and solar have never been so cheap. They're, they're the cheapest. They're like Alberta. They were, I think three power was three cents. It, it's cheaper than coal. Um, and, and Alberta yeah. has got the most uh, new wind projects in the country. And there's, you know, there's just great hope for, um, if you cite the right renewables in the right spots, that, that we can really change our energy mix. And uh, so I'm, I'm, always been more of an optimist working in a field like working in the field of climate change for so long you can it can get you down a little bit because <laughs> you you take in maybe too much um too much information sometimes and things are not moving as quickly um i talked about some of the you know some of the stuff with distributed power where like in in some remote communities that now can get off diesel because renewables are becoming so much more reliable and and there's these beautiful stories that have been put together um i think there's a link on david suzuki but it's looking at um indigenous ener clean energy projects and so there's um this woman who's gone around to a bunch of the communities 
um, First Nations communities around Canada and looked at their renewable energy projects. And um, and there's just so much, like there's so many beautiful stories coming out of those projects and out of those communities that is just super inspiring to me. And that's actually one of the photo series that I I really want to do more of. I've done some, but I'd really like to do more of that because they're just such such incredible stories. And I find that um, a lot of Indigenous people, just their their teachings and their ways are so in in sync and in harmony with the land that that these projects just bring so much more than energy to the community. So that's some of the mm-hmm. stuff that we, we were talking about. That's awesome. And that's awesome for um, these girls to get to kind of listen to that during this time where they might be struggling with anxiety or anything like that to kind of look forward to the future and to have a positive outlook on that. So that's, that's yeah, really there was awesome lots of that like like all that. the speakers were doing such amazing, such amazing things that you know, like one had done a lot of work with kangaroos and one was doing this amazing work with kids and everybody just was really, really positive. And, and yeah, I was like, where was this when I was a kid? I would have loved to listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I guess that's a good place to kind of end is as someone who I think has to be uh, an optimist, at least in, in some part, um, when you're working with something like that, what, what's, do you have like kind of like an overarching message or, or something that maybe you help yourself to get through the day um, when looking at a negative situation like we're dealing with right now? Um, well, the, you know, as, as my mom used to always say, this too shall pass. And, and it's so true. You know, everything will change and what things will look like we don't know, but we do know for sure that this will pass. Um, and mm-hmm. and <laughs> this, is, this is super cheesy, but I just read, I just watched Lord of the Rings and the only thing we can do or uh, the only thing we need to decide is, is what to do with the time that we've been given. I think Gandalf said that. Love Gandalf. But, but I think, you know, the, the one thing is sort of, you know, believe in yourself and, and try to cut out the noise as much as possible and, and, and just kind of find your true north. And, and that will help you show up the best for you. I mean, I think for all of us who are not on the front line, this is a time to get our internal house in order, like to, to get, let those, like, let Mm -hmm. those crappy thoughts come up so we can deal with them and then we can move on. And so when we finally get out of our house, we are going to be, you know, somebody that brings a lot more light to the universe than, than somebody who's still carrying around those, those things, those problems and stuff. So, so even if you're not doing then like writing the next best-selling author's best-selling book, I think the, best thing we can do is to get our internal house in order and sometimes it sucks but it's really will make us feel better after (laughs) yeah absolutely and I I think that's such a great message and I really there's a couple people I know who are listening that I hope hear that and also 
takeaway as I am that it is okay to be doing nothing right now. We don't all have to be working on projects and doing something. Something right now could just be yeah, in and then internal and, house. Yeah, and then and Im- imagine what, what amazing stuff is going to come out of out of you when you are working yeah. at your best. And yeah, absolutely. Um. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. I I wish we could just sit here and talk about the environment. This is like, this is like right up my alley. I wish we could just sit here all night. I have so well, so many questions, and even just that you're working with Quebec. That's uh, very. Well, you can call me back anytime just for a chat. I, we don't have to be podcasting. Yeah, I. Yeah, I think I will because sure, I, yeah, I want to know more. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. And we uh, can't <laughs> wait to have you on again. Okay. Best thank you so much. Everything. Bye. Okay. Have a good night. Okay. Bye. Bye.